0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, hello, hello. This is Susan Pinkney, your host of The Southern Bell of Beverly Hills on the number one content network for professionals. Do you believe? This episode, we are going to be exploring why. You should watch The Onyx Collective and Hulu's The Hair Tales, Stories of Identity, Beauty, and Humanity. So I had the ability to watch all six episodes. I absolutely think that this show is for everyone. I am really excited to talk to you about a few things that you can look forward to when you watch But I don't want to spoil it too much. I I want you to go into it as blindly as I did. Of course, we know that the story is going to be rooted in hair stories, but the way that these hair stories are told, the people who tell them, the experiences that stem from them, it's so relatable. Of course, I'm a Black woman and... I feel like some of these stories I myself have personally lived. For example, when they talked about the experience of going to college and doing each other's hair, I was trying to remember if she got paid for it or if she just did it out of her love for doing hair. But I remember a girl named Frances who had a whole rod kit, a hair dryer. And whenever anyone wanted their hair, rod it. You can Google it and see what that is. It's, you're, you're curling your hair using perm rods and it's a temporary hairstyle, but it will last a couple days and it's just a fun, big, curly hairstyle. So I remember this girl in Frances doing everyone's hair and it seemed like whenever she had free time, she made herself available to do this rod hairstyle on people who requested it. I remember her doing my hair. And although we were part of the same larger friend group, I don't even think she and I were really that close. So it's kind of unusual that she would just do everybody's hair in college. I also remember coming home from school and teaching my little cousin, who was not in college yet, how to do certain hairstyles, like how to wrap. Like the wrapping technique, what you needed to do, the you know, what products work best. Shout out to Lottabody. There was a, a lot of things that they touched on, lighthearted stories, mm-hmm. things that sounded and felt very familiar to me that I was surprised that they were universal. I thought those were my own personal private experiences. But as you watch, you realize, no, this is what Every black woman has to go through. There were a lot of things that I picked up from every individual episode. For example, Oprah's episode, which was episode one, she talked about how when she was a reporter, that she would remind some of the people that she was reporting, like men on the street, or if there was a a fire or an incident, she would remind the people, uh, women who maybe had curlers in her hair, or if they weren't looking what she thought they would want their best to be, she would remind them like, hey, you know, you want to take those curlers out or um, uh, do you want to go look at yourself in the mirror first? And of course it's Oprah and we know where she ended up since, but she said that was one of the reasons why she got fired. And that is shocking to me, but she understood that the way people view other people's appearance, and namely Black women's hair, they use it as a gauge to determine someone's agency. I don't know if you guys have been hearing that word a lot lately, like more so than usual. It's like it's become a trendy buzzword now when you speak about someone's agency. But basically, they, they look at someone's hair to determine their capacity to have resources and power and to make things happen. It's one of the reasons why hairstylist Kim in episode five mentioned that LA, you know, we think of LA Hollywood, Hollywood was late to the natural hair game. And that's one of the reasons why it's so important for natural hair to be represented in beauty publishing and in television programs and movies, and for people to see and understand black hair. Because until people see black hair as a traditional beauty standard, nothing is going to happen to make sure that there are people there to help maintain and take care of black hair on television and movie sets. So it's cyclical. It will never be mainstream, it will never be accepted, as long as there's not people on set who know how to manage, take care of, and make black hair look great on film. And what I mean by that is, it was mentioned that cosmetology students don't have to learn about textured hair. So think about that for a second. You can graduate from cosmetology school without knowing how to handle half the population hairstyles. That's kind of crazy. Additionally, makeup programs don't require you to learn how to do makeup for darker skin. So think about that for a second. So now, not to give you anything too big to think about, this is supposed to be a fun and lively show, but now think about the fact that Everything in Hollywood operates by unions. In order to be in a union, you have to have established a long period of time, a long history of work. You have to have a certain number of hours or you have to have certain milestones before you can join those particular unions. So the same is true for hair and makeup unions. The people in the hair and makeup unions who get the Hollywood work, who are on set, are not required to know how to do black and textured hair, nor are they required to know how to do black or brown skin makeup. That's a problem. I have to say here, sometimes when situations are explained to people that they were just unaware of, situations that they were ignorant to, they feel a certain amount of uh, defensiveness or shame or they, they don't want to address the issue. And I just want to say right here that we are all in some ways ignorant to each other, ignorant to different cultures, ignorant to subcultures. We all, even amongst Black people, we sometimes have certain biases that we will project onto each other. And there is a difference between just a lack of awareness and ignorance versus standing on that lack of awareness and ignorance and it turning into microaggressions and or standing on it in a way that actually turns it into racism. So absolutely, something that can just be a lack of awareness can turn into racism once you are made aware and you continue to purposefully stand on it. But I think if you go into it knowing that this is a learning process for everyone, everyone is discovering. And actually, if you watch Tracy Ellis Ross, who was the interviewer for all of the segments, there was like a beauty shop segment where they'd have famous hairdressers, they'd have clients in there, and they all had different types of hair and different hairstyles, and they would share their personal experiences. But the majority of the show, besides the interviews that came from the experts, the celebrity types were being interviewed by Tracy Ellis Ross. And if you pay attention to Tracy's full appearance from episode one all the way through to episode six, I think, and I don't know this, this is me just putting my assessment on what I saw. I think that these episodes were were recorded mostly chronologically and the reason i believe that is because i feel like tracy became more in tune more aware more conscious of how she was presenting herself in her hair as each episode went by the first episode with oprah okay so she's interviewing lady o we're all gonna show up on point interviewing lady o you know (laughs) Period, point blank, the end. But she was extremely Tracy, like 100% head to toe, extremely pulled together and polished. And by the time that you saw her in episode six, when she was interviewing Chloe Bailey, her hair was the most authentically presented, grown from her roots. Meaning it was in a style, a very nice, cute style, but there wasn't a ton of product on it. There wasn't a ton of gel. It was Tracy's hair in its most natural state, including some of the fuzziness that you get when you don't use a whole lot of product or a whole lot of gels. It was Tracy's hair in a style. She looked amazing. Her makeup, her hair, it was completely so minimal and she looked amazing as she always does. But it was almost as if you saw her become more like herself, appreciating more of herself, appreciating more of her natural beauty from episode one through episode six. And as a matter of fact, it wasn't until episode six where Tracy really, I think, articulated exactly what to expect of the series and what the series was. Her quote was, Hair Tales is using hair as a metaphor for us to understand and be with the humanity of us as Black women. And that was the first time that she said that description that aired, that we heard in all the episodes. So I really feel like she was fully understanding how much knowledge, how much information how important this docu-series is. Again, it's under the guise of Black hair, but when you're talking about Black hair, you're talking about beauty standards in general for women in general, and especially Black women. So in episode three, Representative Ayanna Presley, her episode is titled Embodied Liberation. She gave us so much insight and so much knowledge, and it was... I think of all of the interviews, for some reason, I resonated the most with Representative Ayanna's insight and detail to her own personal story. Maybe, maybe it was because she she's in tune with her hair journey probably more than most people. And so she was able to discuss it in a way that the others weren't used to speaking about it. I think of all that, I loved every single episode, but I think of all of the episodes, episode three might've been my favorite. She talked about the willingness to subject ourselves to pain to be pretty. She talked about how the beauty salon is the Black Woman's Country Club. And that really hit home with me because I remember how important it was for me to go to a particular salon when I was able to do so. She mentioned how in general, Black women are both hyper-visible she said hyper visible. I would even add hyper visible and hypersexualized and invisible at the same time. Some other nuggets I got throughout watching the series in episode two Issa Rae, she talked about how you don't have to be the same person forever. And I think that women in general can understand that one, but especially black women. She talked about how her hair is high maintenance and needy, and she said it in a funny way, but truly, it is true. Our hair is never an afterthought. I loved Marseille Martin's episode, which was episode five. She's the young lady who is from the show Blackish. Tracy played her mom on the show, and she is a producer, a CEO. She has already produced a major Hollywood blockbuster film. Um, I think she started her production company Genius when she was 14 years old. And one of the things that came from her interview was because of people like her, black actors, black female actors, will not have to suffer on set. She will hire staff who can handle all types of hair on her productions. And I think that was like a beautiful light for the future to know that generations coming up will not have to suffer the same hair mishaps that most of us who have worked on set at some point have experienced. She told a really good story about how she came to understand how her hair was different from some of her classmates' hair. And there was a little nugget That came from that episode where Tracy said the revert back is God saying, let the beauty back out. And I love that because any of us who has gone natural, I did the big chop three and a half years ago and I had to learn from scratch how to do my hair because I never really experienced my own natural hair. I didn't understand it. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what my curl patterns were. I didn't understand anything. It was trial and error. I had a lot of fun. And I say it in past tense because uh, two days ago, I did get my first professional silk press. And I know that the silk press, uh, you know, it will wear out. I will have to, my hair is still natural and I will go back to wearing it natural. That's the beauty of a silk press versus a relaxer or any other straightening process. But even going from being 100% natural, very little to no heat, to all of a sudden getting a professional silk press, I almost feel like in a way, I have somehow betrayed the people who I'm trying to make a way for in the future. I, I feel a little teeny bit of guilt that I didn't stick to one thing. For representation. I understand it, big picture, like I am not responsible for everyone's image of Black women. I understand, big picture, that you know what? We are everything. We are versatile. We are versatility. That's who we are. But there's still something in me, because it's the first time that I've done it in three and a half years, that harbors a little bit of that guilt. But one of the things when I did attempt to say, blow out my own hair or straighten my own hair with very low heat or find ways to wear different hairstyles that were less curly, as we call it, stretching our hair, the revert back is real. And I thought it was cute that Tracy called it God's way of letting the beauty back out because this is who God created us to be. This is our natural beauty. Can you imagine If a rose decided that it was supposed to look like an orchid, I mean, everything is created exactly how it was supposed to be created. The series teaches you, if you didn't already know, that you don't have to change your appearance to be accepted. Not personally, not professionally, not for a sports team, not in the mall, that professional hair is neat and clean hair. The end. Professional hair doesn't equate to straight hair. Professional hair doesn't equate to hairstyles that black hair was not created to make. It teaches you that asking someone to be something that they're not or that they weren't created to be, is wrong on every level. And I like the statement that Chica, a musician who I just discovered for the first time watching the docuseries, But Chica made a statement that really resonated with me. And it's, she said something to the effect of how much could we explore of ourselves if we didn't have to take the time to unlearn what we were taught. And I thought, wow, that's pretty incredible. Because over the last three and a half years, I have had to unlearn what I was taught. And I've had to... Quietly teach the people around me, friends, family, people who know me, about natural black hair. And watching this made me think of myself and the times that I personally have probably visually assessed someone's agency. I loved how Issa Rae put it. All of a sudden, after she did her big chop, guys approached her thinking that she was into spoken word because of the way her hair looked. And I'm sure. That we have all on some level had those same types of judgment of people that we didn't know based on their hairstyles. But what makes this so specific for those who don't understand, when someone is dressed in a polished and professional way, head to toe, and not but, and they are sporting a natural hairstyle, there should be no buts. They are polished and professional and put together and ready to work. But there has to be laws, laws like the Crown Act. So this documentary was putting a spotlight on what the American culture has been for a black women and black hair. I honestly think every CEO in America, every single person who knows or loves a black woman, every single curious person should take the time to watch the six part documentary. It was funny in places. It was sad in places. It was extremely educational and thoughtful. After you watch, leave a comment. Let me know, what did you think about it? Did you enjoy it as much as I did? Also, don't forget to subscribe and like if you enjoyed my program. And I look forward to seeing you next time. Take care. Bye.